People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for returning and listening to another edition of the Deluded Podcast. If you haven't already, you know, set up the the necessary notifications, make sure you hit that. If you're a first-time listener, you know you've come to the right place. You know, again, make sure you hit that. Make sure you check out my YouTube content. Moving forward in relation to this podcast, people, we all know my podcast is a football orientated one. Sadly, there isn't much football to speak about, obviously due to the worldwide epidemic, which is the coronavirus. I mean, depending on how desperate you are for football, I believe there was, there's still some levels of Turkish football. The A-League in Australia still has a couple of games and there's a couple fixtures here and there. But beyond that, it's a madness. Like I can't speak for any other country, but you see Italy getting locked down. Over here in England, a lot of us are working from home. Um, obviously, you've seen yesterday Boris Johnson's announcement um, urging restaurants, pubs and anywhere else people can, mass numbers of people can gather socially and do a lot of stuff in their free time. He's locked it off. So it's a bit of a madness, people. So pardon me, there isn't much to speak about. But keeping up, sadly, with the theme of the coronavirus, as you lot know, the football, football at all levels from the Premier League down to League Two, in conjunction with the EFL and the Premier League and the other relevant bodies, um, English football has been suspended. Um, well, the suspension has been extended to the 30th of April. I'm sure you've seen, obviously, due to the coronavirus. We'll get onto it, but you hear a lot of um, reshuffling around how we're going to play the remaining games. There's a lot of talk of, you know, what's happening with the Euros and the Copa America. Um, there's a commitment to end this season and probably restart anything from May to June and run it from June from anything from May to July would see us <clears throat> complete the, fi- the what's left of the fixture calendar people. Um, obviously, under current rules, the sk- the league campaign had been scheduled to end in June or June the 1st, but it hasn't happened. It's been extended. This extension of the suspension has been extended indefinitely and it includes all games in English in England's Premier League, EFL, Women's Super League and Women's Championship and all fixtures across Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland are currently postponed. Um, that's in conjunction with just about any other European league. Um, I know Italy have said they want to get back playing as soon as possible but they've got a serious issue on their hands. You've also seen the MLS extend their ban and it's about being safe and you can't you know, you can't criticise anybody for doing this. These are the necessary steps. We all know due to simply not playing football, there is going to be a lot of financial losses at all levels in football. For me, spare a thought for the, you know, everybody can focus on the top level jobs, but there's honest, you know, match day. The people who actually keep the stadium afloat, the cleaners, the security guards, the stewards, um, the various hospitality staff and many different roles that people don't necessarily think about when they think of a match day or a match day experience. These are people losing their roles and you're seeing a lot of jobs cut in football. Sadly, I know a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people are losing their jobs in society. I mean, everyone can be affected because, you know, we could be on the brink of a recession, but immediately you can see the tourism game, you can see the hospitality game um, and a lot of people who rely on like shift sort of pattern work are struggling as well. I won't say the beauty, but if 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 you are looking for work, I have seen Aldi, Tesco's, Amazon, all of these sort of companies are looking for people because of the burden due to the panic buying and stuff. I know it probably isn't what you want to hear, but I'd love to see you all employed and things. And it, that's what hurts me the most, man, knowing that, you know, because of this, 
football is a working class game and you're seeing a lot of working class people first and foremost unable to go to football struggling and thinking about where their next penny is going to go in relation to putting food in their in their bellies sometimes kids clothes on backs and pay bills um and i really really am scared for that and i can't put into words how it makes me feel and i really sympathize with anyone um obviously not due to corona but in my short 24 years soon to be 25 i've lost my job twice people and i know how it feels that anxiety to wonder your next paycheck to wonder how you're going to get paid the feeling of feeling less important and all of these things and i wouldn't honestly wish that on my enemy people it's a sadness but in relation to losing money, Premier League executives, um, this was in the Athletic, Premier League executives have been told it will cost seven, $762 in lost broadcast revenue if this current season fails to finish due to the coronavirus. This huge figure would come due to a breach of contract in terms agreed for the domestic and international rights and was com communicated to all 20 league clubs during the crisis meeting at the Premier League headquarters in London on Thursday morning. And whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, people, because on one hand, everybody's losing money in all industries. The Premier League is a business. Everyone's losing money. People need to, you know, shut the gates. And you are going to see a lot of snideness, people. It's even like landlords. You're seeing a lot of landlords move dirty. But at the same time, they've got they've got bills to pay and they've got families. I don't agree with marking up sanitary products and basic goods that we all need, especially that's being highlighted in the crisis. And it's not always the case, but... Uh, but a lot of the time shopkeepers are middlemen and they're getting past the cut because of the same reason these big companies are trying to cut costs they're passing it down to the shopkeepers and shopkeepers are passing it on to you or i the consumers that's not always the case certain people just see a, a profit don't get me wrong i like to make profit i like to make money who does um who doesn't sorry but there's morals and p this i, I think I wouldn't want this corona thing but one thing is showing is the beauty in man and women but also the ugliness you're seeing a lot of camaraderie a lot of coming together a lot of selflessness flip side of that you're seeing a ridiculous amount of selfishness um so yeah so race to the bottom clubs are losing money the premier league is losing money you know it's if i was the premier league clubs i would contest this because it's not my fault it's a natural disaster it is what it is we're losing money too we're not currently seeing anything from our you know people aren't buying tickets if people aren't buying tickets because games have to be played behind closed doors which you still might broadcast and cheek if you ask for money you know nobody there's no bums on seats no bums in seats no one's buying beers no one's buying burgers no one's buying shirts no one's buying scarves no one's buying programs to get it people nobody's following the team up and down the country no one's paying for coach coach services or maybe some clubs have their own hotels and things i mean before i forget there have been some lovely examples of football you know t playing on that that working class nature people you're seeing gary neville open up his hotel and do things for nhs workers roman abramovich doing the same with chelsea marcus rashford doing a lot as well um and if I've missed you out, don't feel any way. There's a lot of footballers and organisations and clubs doing a lot for people. Too many to to, 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 to really answer. Stevenish the other day um, were really willing to volunteer their young players and stuff and go and help the elderly and little stuff like that. And football is a working class game. I know we're being forgotten about people. We know if it isn't necessarily because of this, we pay a crap load for ticket prices, etc. But it's lovely to see that working class aspect 
um, especially from someone like Gary Neville, who grew up in Bury, forgive me if I'm wrong. He remembers how it felt, you know, he before he got these millions. So it's lovely to see that, man. And I want to extend my thanks to everybody in the NHS, everybody, because they're already, they're already understaffed under, under and underserviced and underinvested. Lord knows how they're coping with this people. And, and, and obviously, big up to every English national. But I do think those of you who fed into the rhetoric about foreigners and all of this crap, I can guarantee you if i just walk into my local hospital north middlesex i guarantee you i'm going to see a lot of african caribbean asian staff of all levels and it's funny how these same people that were talking about skilled migrants and all of these things imagine you got your way and all of these people had to bust out what would happen now i guarantee there's some idiots that were you know being very negative in relation to this thanking their lives because they're on the hospital beds giving them injections making sure they've got their insulin and crap like that so i'd also say it's important to remember these sort of things um, you know, Premier League got to get their money, people. They've got to get their money. Um, <clears throat> as you lot know, um, the suspension is understood to be costing Sky one of the two main domestic broadcasters huge amounts per day as they are not charging many sports customers and cannot attract the same in advertising. Now, I don't know about you lot, but I have halted my... Sus I've um, paused my sky subscription people i'm going to do the same with bt i'm not i'm with all due respect i'm not paying to watch games from the 70s and 80s and whatnot i'm not a rich guy i mean i have no money so yeah after after i'd implore you all to do the same and again you just heard sky Prem sky's got to think about their costs not just in football but their costs the premier league have to think about their costs the premier league clubs have to think about their costs so there's going to be a lot of ooing and are not just in football but i think this is a good example of what highlights society because this is what's going to happen um and, th and things like that and i'll also say you've seen with government new measures i do think it just means austerity is going to be tougher but you've seen government measures aimed at you know business free interest free loans and all things designed to try and keep the economy afloat i really hope the lower league clubs like you've heard gillingham and barney are um, might struggle i hope they don't exploit it but i hope they utilize the fact that the government will help supplement wages and pay wages and things like that for their workers to try and ease the burden people so sky is losing money as you lot know clubs receive money twice a year in august and february so only receive the cash the end of last season some clubs are determined to get games played behind closed doors so they don't lose the broadcast money um, such as their vulnerable financial position, their outgoing of player wages in particular, are so high that they cannot survive without it. They want games to go ahead and players to be regularly tested. Training gowns would be sealed off and players wrapped in cotton wool to protect them from contracting the virus. Now, again, that's one way to get over the financial issues or the hurdle. But And if you can't play with fans, you can't play with fans, but players might feel still feel at risk with closed doors or not they're still going to have to come into contact with a small whether tested or not a small amount of stadium staff a small amount of club staff they're still going to have to come into contact with other players um even if it is played behind closed doors obviously the fan aspect is not the same without the fans like psg versus dortmund was a fantastic game but it looked like an academy game i watched a lot of youth gen youth league sorry which is the youth equivalent to the champions league you wouldn't tell if you didn't know Neymar, Jane Sanjo, Highland, and the rest of them, you would think it's that. If you can't get fans in there, I'm not gonna say force it, but it loses a bit of aspect. Um I would personally wouldn't mind watching games behind closed doors. Um if it was streamed such as my desperation but i understand if players revolted against it and players didn't want to actually continue playing until there's a proper sign of recovery in society in relation to corona people um it is what it is um 
Apparently, this article went on to say that they feel it's not long before staff at Premier League clubs would have to lay off people. You've seen teams in Germany, I believe Gladbach, I could be wrong. In fact, not Gladbach, um, it's not them. But Lyon have and Ammins has as well in, in Liga due to the financial issues or the financial knock-on effect. Again, I've just said since this article's posted, you've seen the government have, you know, kind of not i wouldn't say relief but some measures for people to take advantage of not sure how much a premier league team could exploit that people to their advantage but there's that um apparently other clubs feel games behind closed doors is unrealistic and that some players will refuse to play if they feel their health or those around them is at risk especially especially if the rest of the country is isolating to prevent the spread of the virus and that's a good point don't put your health at risk i wouldn't put my health at risk you've heard rooney speak about how footballers are treated like guinea pigs or boner of west ham more or less said echoed rooney's comments because in comparison to other sports arsenal english football was very slow to react to you know the health warnings that corona potentially um thingies and i won't say arsenal is the reason but it's only when you really saw that there was an issue at arsenal and then the other issue that followed with arteta um, contracting it that you saw a meet an emergency meeting and measures got put into place i don't blame them for delaying the suspension of the league because they're waiting on information like everyone else but a bit of me does feel the government footballing associations they don't they either can't comprehend the severity of this or they don't want to let everybody know the full story or they're trying to delay the inevitable which would mean no premier league football people as i've said it could happen as early as may if the Premier League get their wish and investigations come back positive people um, and obviously like I said the primary factor behind that is TV rights and obviously financially um, and obviously there's a knock-on effect because same way the Premier League would be due money from clubs the Premier League would have to pay back broadcasters the likes of Sky and BT the same roughly the same 762 million people so again it's a knock-on effect people um, there's a growing fear allegedly that clubs that even clubs in the Premier League could go out of business such as their wage bills don't know if that's true or not but you know everyone's got a pushing point keeping up with the theme of Corona sadly 35 um, percent of Valencia's players have tested positive for the virus and the players I've seen or can can tell you apparently there's five confirmed cases um, well last time I checked there was five confirmed cases so it's obviously spread but Gaia had it, Mangala had it, Garai had it, and two members of staff had it, people. Sadly, again, which I spoke about normal people losing their jobs, but two Arsenal footballers have lost their jobs. Swiss Super League side FC Sion have sacked nine players who reportedly refused to sign an agreement for a wage cut during the corona crisis, which includes former player Alex, former Arsenal players Alex Song and, Ju and Johan Dujuru. And obviously, ex-Fulham midfielder Kazmari are among those who have been dismissed by the club. That league was stopped on the 1st of March and was stopped indefinitely. Gatherings of more than a 1,000 people by the Swiss government government has been banned. Um, currently, there's still, 13, there's still 13 games to be played, people. Um, and it, looking at the names, I'm not going to list them all, but it does seem like the foreign players that are refusing to do that. Um, I do think Kazmari represents Sweden, Switzerland, sorry, I could be wrong, or Turkey, one of them. Um, but yeah, man, if you want your money, you want your money, and I don't blame them, especially someone like Juru and Alexson, who you'd, you'd describe as probably towards the end of their careers. They need to watch their pennies and they're due it, people. Um, so we'll see how that one develops, really. Really have to see how that one develops. 
Um, moving away from that, as you lot know, in addition to other measures, the Football League is to release a 50 million short-term release fund to help clubs with cash flow issues because of the virus outbreak. Under the terms of the relief fund, Championship clubs will receive their remaining additional 800,000 award payment from the Premier League on Thursday, which is gone. In addition, they'll be able to apply for a 584k free interest-free loan. Um, And obviously the figures adjust accordingly for football league sides in League 1 and 2. an additional one million from an additional one million from the EFL futures pot, a future scheme, a scheme which rewards clubs for giving opportunities to young homegrown players, will now be will now be allocated on a pro rota basis. So we're doing what we can. Um, Ibrahimovic, I know he gets a lot of stick, but he has um, launched a fundraiser, as a number of footballers have, to raise funds for the corona virus. So I think it's important to always mention that. Hearts FC in Scotland have asked players and staff to take a 50% wage cut because of the financial implications of such people. Um, their owner previously stated they would lose one million, uh, around $1 million in revenue from this indefinite suspension. Um, I know our English, England's, England ladies have been playing in an international cup. Is it the She Believes Cup? Um, and Gary Neville, Gary Neville, Phil Neville, his brother received a lot of criticism but away from that and in the theme with corona the fa has contacted the england women's team and management after two members of staff went into self-isolation the staff are in quarantine after coming into contact with the president of the japanese fa who has since tested positive for corona at the she believes cup in usa no one associated with phil neville's side is displaying symptoms the FA says it has contacted all players and staff at the tournament. We have every confidence that no player or member of coaching staff was at any time in con- direct contact with the JFA president, but they may have been offered reassurance and advice with the two people affected after meeting Kozo Tasmia during the tournament, people. So it is what well, it is. It is really, 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 really tough out here, people really is tough out here and the, the the highest footballing body of football fifa sorry has established a working group to tackle the issues facing football as a result of the corona pandemic the group will look at the international fixture calendar and issues around players contracts most players contracts expire on june 30th but if restarted many leagues could continue beyond that date in attempt to finish their current campaigns the group will also look at whether more funding is required to help clubs, pl- pardon me, players and governing bodies impacted. They also announced that um, to in relation to donations, it's donated $8.5 million to the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of work for FIFA to be done. Um, obviously, they're not in charge of the Premier League and other leagues, but their job is probably going to be coordinating how every or trying to coordinate how everything can get back into plans, how a smooth schedule can in, can get back can get back in, how potential years from now are affected. Like I don't know because of the knock on effect of rescheduling leagues and stuff, what World Cups or Euros could potentially be affected. So FIFA and UEFA will have to do that obviously player contracts is the big one there because i mean not even just 2020 i can't lie people if the league gets affected and you know depending on what happens between this season and next season 
If I'm cynical, I look at Arsenal's Aubameyang and I say, oh, cool, your contract is until 2021, but because we've missed football, we're going to need this period back. I'll be doing some shiesty stuff, people. You've heard William come out and say he's prepared to still play for Chelsea, but you can guarantee there'll be one player that wants to keep it moving. So something needs to be done. I'd like to think most players would have some morals and not that they owe clubs anything, but a gentleman's agreement and play out whatever duration of the season is done. But if there's no legal obligations and there's a place for them to exploit it then naturally that's going to happen and clubs will probably do the same because we got we're always I'm looking at it from a player wants to leave what if it's clubs lower down the leagues who's they've got a man contracted until June 2020 but the league's being extended because they're losing money they want to get rid of my man legally is there something that can be done so it's not always the, a case of players wanting to leave it's also we've also got to think about jobs and money and things because we will see some shy stuff from a lot of parties at all levels when the dust settles in my humble opinion Shout out to Steve Paris of Crystal Palace as well. He says all employees will receive full payment during the virus outbreak. Shout out to him, man. Really shout out to him because it takes a lot, man. I think Spurs are doing stuff as well, but I don't have any specifics. But, um, I mean, Daniel Levy didn't really want to talk about financial results when it when financial results for the year for Spurs was announced. And rightly so. Why would you at a time like this? Money's relevant, but irrelevant. And he said... Well, he actually said when speaking that says this this current pandemic is the most serious issue he's had to deal with during his 20 years in charge of Spurs. And that's quite sad to hear people. And he went on to say, basically, it's wholly inappropriate to release the results now. But as you know, they're legally obliged to do so by the 31st of March, people. Um, in relation to self-isolating, it's important that I think everybody in general needs to just self-isolate because... Yeah, just don't be in places you don't need to be and decrease the risk of everything, of things spreading or worse, contracting something. You've obviously seen some players, you've seen Fred, Fred of Man United was seen in Blackpool, Mason Mount was in hot water after being pictured with friend Declan Rice, I believe, at our five-a-side in, 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 in Barnet somewhere, despite the fact he should be self-isolating, not Rice Mount. So imagine, not to be cynical, imagine he did have something, he caught it from Callum, he's going to give it to Rice, Rice could go and give it to family members and things. And I think Mount's been pulled up on it and reminded of his responsibilities. He obviously is a young man, he's in his 20s, but he's old enough to know you shouldn't be doing that. It is a bit naive, you have to just hold your licks really and truly. You've also seen William is desperate to return back to Brazil, people. Um... And he said, in the markets, it's like a war. I'm alone. I'm trying to get authorization. My wife and daughters are in Brazil. Other players are going, being close to the family at this moment. And obviously, it's a difficult time. He wants to be close to his family. He wants to be close to his loved ones. And I think, not for William's sake, but I think this shows that we're all human. Unless you're like exclusive 1%, I'm talking like the Queen and secret society sort of thing. You are, and they're still going to feel the effects, but you really are going to figure out after this time that you really, doesn't matter how much money you have, you can have all the money in the world. Like you heard Terrera say, you couldn't get toilet paper and, and, and gel and stuff. It don't matter how, how rich you are. If you can't go down the street and get bread or, or, you know, or contact certain things, you will suffer. And I think this, again, things like this show the worst in humans, but it also shows the best. And it's also important to reflect, um, Self-isolation has been going wrong for certain people. And I mean, Napoli are defying the league and defying Italy as a nation, really. Apparently, well, Arsenal returned on the 24th of March. But apparently, 
Napoli will return to training next week despite being warned it would be dangerous with Italy in lockdown due to the virus. There's been no sport in Italy since March 9th as a result of the spread with Serie A initially going behind closed doors before the shutdown occurred. The virus has claimed 4,000 over 4,000 lives in this in the country people and it's expected to rise. Um, apparently Lazio are also preparing to return to training this week. Obviously you do know a couple of Serie A players or former Serie A players have been victim of it. Five players from Sandoria have got it. Um, three from Florentina you've already seen. You've seen um You've obviously seen, sadly, Juventus pair Blaise Mutuidi and Renagli, Rugani, sorry, test positive for it as well. So it's a bit of a tough one at this period, people. But enough of the Corona stuff. We've been on it for a minute. Moving away from that and st- staying with UEFA, though. European footballers governing body UEFA has relaxed its financial fair play regulations to help crack clash. Cash, sorry, cash-strapped clubs survived the crisis caused by the corona pandemic, with the professional game facing its biggest economic challenge since World War II. The move has been broadly welcomed by football financial experts, but some have warned UEFA not to let clubs with the wealthiest owners take advantage of temporary relaxation. In response to calls for urgent help, the Swiss-based governing body has extended the deadline for clubs to prove they have no overdue payables such as unpaid tax bills, transfer installments or wages from the 31st of March to the 30th of April. Furthermore, it has also reminded clubs of force majeure, a French term that means greater force It is is written into spending rules. Any extraordinary event or circumstances beyond the control of the club that are considered a, cons- a case of force majeure, I can't say that, are taken into account as part of the club's assessment on a case-by-case basis. Um, yeah, people. As you lot know, the rules are policed by an independent body known as the Club Financial Control Body, which has investigatory and auditory arms numerous clubs have been sanctioned for breaching these rules most notably as you know man city who are currently appealing their two-year ban it's understood that the decision to push back the deadline for unpaid bills and reassure clubs that any extra support from owners in the coming months will be assessed more you more leniently than usual follow talks with the club european club association the organization that represents the interests of the continent's leading clubs so, yeah, I mean, many clubs potentially will welcome that people really and truly away from that, though. And while it hasn't named the player and it's not a Premier League player, um, I really want to know. Apparently, an unnamed professional footballer was banned from participating in all sport for one year after testing positive for a banned substance in 2019. The UK anti-doping UCAD said a, a urine sample taken from the player on the 31st of January last year returned an adverse analytical finding. According to written responses for the ban, the player was registered with Bury, who have since been expelled from the footballing year league. Sorry, The ban expired on the 31st of January 2020. The player had discussed applying for f- for therapeutic use exemption for medical to treat a health condition with his doctor who the player understood would then make 
an application for a TUE on his behalf. However, no application was made. And this is a tough one because if he did legitly ask a member of staff and they didn't do it, then for me, that's negligence. For me, that's doing your job, job wrong. For me, that's a loss of competency and that's a loss of trust because you've now put this player in hot water. He's obviously since come over it, but he's been banned for a year. He's missed out from playing football. He's potentially missed out from wages if he didn't know what he was doing and there was, you know, some innocent behind this, which is quite sad, people. But you never really hear about footballers banned for substances and I do think... I wouldn't say there's more work to be done because I don't really know the scale, but you do have to wonder with players always returning from injuries quicker, with the way they're always playing, with, you know, in today's this society being 5%, 2%, 1% better or faster than someone can make all the difference. You have to wonder how much doping is going on. I'm not saying players are being malicious, but sometimes players, um, clubs and club doctors and things do ill practices. So if only we'll never be able to understand the scale of it, but it would be pretty crazy, people. Um, going back temporary to coronavirus people and it's um, and it's a lovely story from Gladbach or Borussia Gladbach their players have offered to forego their wages with the German Football League warning the corona pandemic could affect thousands of jobs um, and that's fantastic that they will obviously Germany's been suspended until the 2nd of April that's fantastic that they're foregoing their wages to allow the club to get it to the people of all other levels who more need it. Because footballers, again, we all need money, all can run out. But, you know, they're probably in a better position than, you know, the people who work on the bar staff and things like that. who have to go back to their flat and they've got their one-year-old kid who they've got to make sure has got food in their belly. So it's a good story, people. Really good story. Heartfelt. Rather sad news, though. Former... Cardiff midfielder Peter Whittingham has died aged 35. The ex-Villa player had been in hospital for more than a week after suffering a head injury in a fall in a pub in Barry. Um, his former club Cardiff confirmed the news. Um, and it's sad people, it's sad man. He had, a, From what I remember he had a decent left foot. Um, he's part of the footballing community. Away from all of that to lose your life at 35 years of age is ridiculous people he's 11 years older than me he's in his prime he's got so much life ahead of him he's got a wife he's got a kid he's got a family you know he's of the age prime age where eventually he wanted to see his kid have grandkids and i'm sure i don't know if he had coaching ambitions or whatever but 35 is still young he's had a fantastic playing career like i said he had a very decent left foot on him a magical left foot and he seemed like a very gentle person a gentle soul and he's obviously somebody's husband, somebody's son, um, somebody's brother and things like that. And all I can do is, especially at a time like this where it's just bad news in the paper, to lose your loved one at a young age like 35 is, 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 is there's no words for it really, truly. My heart is bleeding for them. Man. My heart is bleeding for the world right now. My heart is bleeding for the Whittingham family. And again, no strength can help fix the void, but I do hope that time can be a healer of sorts i do hope that his family can get the strength i do hope that his son gets all the guidance and support he needs as he grows up and i send most importantly my my love and my strength and all of these things and on you lot's behalf as well to the family i'm at this difficult time it sucks people there's there's not much more to say all i can say is rest in peace r.i.p peter you know, anyone that's played football or shared my love for the game is um, is someone of mine and he's part of the footballing family. So God protect your soul. Hopefully you're doing, playing football in heaven or doing the, 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 the toilet, the what's the thing that the youths are doing now with the toilet roll? Doing that in heaven. Um. So yeah, man, God, be God bless his soul. God protect his family. And 
on you lot's behalf as well. I'm sending love and strength and positive connotations to the family, man. It's really sad. It sucks, man. It really, really sucks. Um, obviously, I said government have made finances available to clubs, and I, the, the, I've spoken about the English footballing leagues, but the the national league below that actually we have to worry about and they could be affected greatly apparently they may need 20 million from the government to say to help survive the impact of this virus according to dag this is according to dagenham and redbridge managing director steve thompson um he said there needs to be a concentrated effort i don't think we can expect a bailout from the premier league or fa so it needs to be government led and you've seen the government come out with stuff you can imagine dagenham have been aware to the news and things will happen in due course. Moving away from that though, people, and let's get into some transfer stuff. I've actually got a lot. I'm scrolling all the way down, people. But um, let's get into some transfer business or just rumours because there's nothing else for us, people. Um, you've obviously apparently seen Jude Bellingham has turned down Man United in favour of Borussia Dortmund, um, which could be a good move for him with what they're doing with Sanjo developing. Obviously, he'll always be hyped, but relative developing relatively away from the spotlight of the Premier League being praised and criticised to unhealthy levels week in, week out could help him adjust at Dortmund. Obviously, there's Champions League football there. They give young players chances. So it makes sense for him to go there for a couple of seasons, experience a new league, experience a new culture. He's still a young man, so it might help. He, he Listen, he's a very mature man. He does a lot for charity, but grow up a bit in that aspect. I guarantee his family will go out there as they should, but he'll have to do a lot of stuff without them, learn a new language, you know, learn better coaching, and then, you know, get closer to getting called up by England and, and, you know, he will get that move. He probably will end up playing for Man United one day. Because um, I can see him going to Dortmund, excelling, getting that England call up. And eventually, he will have to come here. He will be a 50 to £100 million pound player, in my opinion. The £30 million outlay that you've seen in talks for him is pennies, people. He's a terrific young player with a, a big future. I'm one of Jude Bellingham's biggest fans. He's one of my favourite players already. I think he's going to be an England international and potential ca club captain of some level one day. Um, but yeah, considering Man United allegedly pulled out the full stops, you heard Dave, you know, he got to see the training ground, Silex Ferguson was about and stuff, um, pulling out the full stops and it didn't happen for them. So that must be a kick in the teeth. Moving away from that, apparently, you know, Barcelona had a pursuit of Neymar and apparently Neymar is stalling over a PSG contract, new deal. But apparently Barca are in the market for Neymar, two fullbacks, a centre-back and a central midfielder, according to Marsa. How are they going to afford that? So that probably means Coutinho's eligible to leave, Rakitic, maybe Vidal and players like that. Um, but he said, according to Marsa, um, Neymar would cost at least 150 million euros. Other attacking options include, include Martinez of Inter Milan and Timo Werner and Aubameyang. Now, leave Aubameyang alone. I mean, Aubameyang could be a good short-term solution for them. Um, but they need to go for someone else. For me, they should go for Martinez. He's, I think he's got potential to be one of the best strikers on the planet. Martinez, you know what? You have to go for Martinez and Neymar. I don't know if they can afford it, but they would. I think they need it. They really do need it. Moving away from that, though, you've obviously seen Arsenal are trying to attract 16-year-old um, teenage striker. Emil Rogback, Swedish international, and were fighting Bayern Munich for his signature. 
Apparently he's tipped for big things in Sweden and is attracting plenty of interest and his club confirmed talks but until you know official confirmation it's all in air and it's nice to see we're chasing the best players we can. Um moving away from that, Real Madrid are interested in Sadio Mane of Liverpool and they've apparently prepared to pay or would have to pay 154 million euros. And you have to wonder I don't think you should sell either, but with rebuilding the Liverpool side, is it time to sell one of them? I think not. I think it's more time to add an attacking player that can think, oh, I might lose my Salah Mane or Firmino might think, oh, I might lose my place or someone that can be utilised to... How can I... Pardon me. How can I make it make sense? Someone that can be utilised to boost them up to another level sort of thing um, would be good. And I think Liverpool need a star. I think Mane... It would be a difficult decision for Mane and Salah. For Liverpool, they shouldn't sell him. For, for Mane and Salah, you have to wonder how far could you go with Liverpool because you'd imagine both are down in Liverpool folklore, especially Mo Salah. There's no reason to leave. They're going to win the Prem. There's every chance they could win it next season or challenge for it or challenge for significant trophies. With that, you know Liverpool have been to two Champions League finals, winning the title once. So so um, what I'm getting at is if you look at Salah and Mane, what they, I'd say they're 27, 28, maybe older, and... Um, They've won everything there is at Liverpool. They've experienced the Premier League. Mane in particular, including Southampton, has been in this country for a long time. Considering the age, considering they've won everything, considering, I wouldn't say Liverpool need to rebuild, but that squad's been together for a while now. You know, you typically see teams together for three, four years. They have a bit of a wobble. Um, to which, you know, could you really turn down Real Madrid? Like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You've won everything at Liverpool. It's a chance to experience something different. Obviously, Salah and Mane come from very humble beginnings. So the chance to go from humble beginnings to playing for Real Madrid and stuff, no disrespect to Liverpool, is obviously a big it is obviously a big one. And no matter how good it is at Liverpool, you want to look back in your career and have no regrets. As great as Liverpool's been. Do you really want Real Madrid or Barcelona legitly wanted you and you didn't want to go and it's always going to be in your back of your mind? If you genuinely don't want to leave, then it's it's cool, it's fine. Like, I'm not saying they have to go, but you get the point, people. Um, apparently, Sane is interested in both PSG and Real Madrid in addition to Munich. And I mean, again, Real Madrid, it'd be up your street. PSG, be up your street. And for, for City, it'd be a bit of blow to lose him and or Mares. I say and or because apparently... Mares wants to play Champions League football with, you know, apparently they're potentially being a band there. He wants to go to PSG. Apparently, they'll have to pay 80 million, which would be a small profit for City, considering in 2018, two years ago, they paid 61 million for him. And in 37 appearances this term, um, well, in 37 appearances this term, he's assisted 14 allegedly and scored nine goals, people, which is good form. Now, Mahrez, you must have known that City, you'd really have to force your way in to be a main player. You knew you was going to complement the side, be a rotation option. That's not why you want to leave based on reports. Um, I don't, I mean, losing, again, City need to rebuild greatly. Um, they, they, The spine of the squad is lacking, you know, they failed to deal with company. Fernandinho, they need to find a suitable replacement long term for him. Obviously, Sergio is getting on a bit. David Silva is leaving, so surgery is needed. Um, that being said, I wouldn't want to. If I saw both Sane and Mares leaving one window, it would be a bitter pill to swallow. I know there's still Bernardo Silva, Sterling, and there's there's numerous academy prospects they could probably utilize. But you get the point, and they probably will bring in another winger anyways. And we know Mares in particular can be played in a bunch of positions. But you get the point, people. You get the point.
Um, Arsenal have been, well, Coutinho's been linked with Man United and, and Chelsea. Coutinho might still have a Barcelona future, but you potentially imagine he is somebody that would have to make way in relation to the movements that 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 sorry that his club want to make. Arsenal and Chelsea have been linked with Leon Bailey for 85 million. So, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, he's a yard man. He's a decent player. He hasn't had the best of seasons, but I would take him. But we're not going to get him for 85 million people, are we? Um, we're not going to get him. According according to Dauro AS, the future of Osman Dembele at Barcelona is in limbo. And I mean, it's always in limbo. Apparently, Barca have run out of patience with the forward and will look to sell him in the summer. Arsenal, please get on this. It is said the club informed the Frenchman last year that his third season would define his future at the club. And it points to the fact that he has missed more training days, 344, than anyone at the club since arriving in 2017. Now, I do think there's different sides to it. I do think Dembele is a professional, but he potentially is yet to really comprehend, do I want to be a good footballer or do I want to be, you know, a legend? And if he doesn't or if he doesn't have that in him, I don't blame him. He's playing for Barcelona. He's won the World Cup. There's many honours going to follow him. There's not much he can't do. But he's probably at that point someone else needs to push him. You have to question the people around him because you hear he's a good lad. He just simply plays too much video games and stays up too long. And I'm sorry, but he's been in the game for a while. He's played at the highest level. He's old enough to comprehend that that is nonsense. He's also had problems with injury. So is he is his not professionalism in his attitude, but how he carries his body, the things he eats, the way he trains, um, the rehabilitation. Does he take it seriously? These are all things that have to be put into question. He is a young man um, and he potentially in hindsight, you can't turn down Barca, but mentally, was he ready for this? He's there now. When you play, for, I always say, when you play for the Madrids, the Barca, it's, it's more than just being a footballer. It's how you carry yourself because everybody knows the talents there. There was a period, everything Dembele touched was, was to gold. I say recovery because he seems to always pick up injuries, people. Um, he's only played three full matches for the for the Spanish champions this season. Um, and he also, on top of this injury that's got him out currently, he had a, um, a slightly less serious one with a fire one, a separate one. Um, it's been the forward's worst season in terms of injuries. He's played nine games out of a possible 37. Um, that's, 900, that's 492 minutes out of around 3,000 possible people which just leaves him at 14.77%, which is crazy, people, which is mad. So he needs to buck it together. If they don't want him, then please, Arsenal, let's get him on loan. Let's pay them until 2040. Let's, you know, let's pay 100 million year pound bonds for them and get him over the line. Barcelona allegedly want to say sell Rakitic, who is contracted until 2021 with Seville interested in him. He has only made 15 starts in his 31 appearances this season. Um, and he's someone I would describe as previously a key player, but, you know, he's surplus to requirements. And he's someone that I do believe could offer a job, could do a job for a couple of years to someone. Apparently, Seville are interested. I wouldn't mind Arsenal taking a chance on him. I know he's not the youngest. I believe he's in his 30s now, but he's a terrific player. And he's and I really rate his intelligence because yeah, I'd, I'd say Rakitic became not more of an all-rounder, but more of an all-rounder since he's gone to Barcelona. He's had to change his game because he's not going to be the flair man. You look at Ronaldo at Newcastle, he was more of a goal scorer, box-to-box, define the moments. Now he's still got elements of that, like with Rakitic, but he's more of an all-rounder. It's more of a thing where my contribution is still there, but it's other people are shining in that sort of regards. And I really like how he developed his game, people. Um... 
Apparently, Man United will accept offers of about 100 million for France midfielder Paul Pogba. Real Madrid and Juventus are still interested. And on the topic of that, people, let me scroll down very quickly. I'm sure, I'm sure there was some comments in relation to Pogba that I found from his agent. He said, "My relationship with Real Madrid is very good. I often speak to the general director. It is interesting as well as a pleasure to talk to him about football." And events relating to FIFA. One day I hope to bring a great champion to Real, to Real. At the moment I have PSG keeper Ariola, but it's on loan. This summer I would like to bring a big player to Madrid on a permanent basis. It would be pride for me and all my players because Real are a great side. And I know it would be a good payday for your ass, my guy. So I can't even, I can't blame you. I salute it, man. I, I salute guys trying to make Arsenal, man. So we'll see how that one goes. As you lot know, apparently Arsenal resigned to the fact of a selling up that we need to sell a Bamian, and we'd we'd rather bring in money for him. Um, as you lot know, he scored 61 goals in 96 games for Arsenal. He scored 141 goals in 213 appearances for Dortmund. He is extremely clinical. Apparently, Barcelona only offering only want 20 million euros for Rakitic, by the way, folks. But moving back to Aubameyang, he is clinical. He has been one of Arsenal's best signings in the last 10 years. He has been one of Arsenal's best signings of the Emirates era. He's been one of Arsenal's best players of the Emirates era. I won't go as far to say he's a legend, but he's definitely going to be held in high regards at Arsenal. Um, he's in his 30s. He's interesting, everyone. He's been linked with PSG. He's been recently and... This is what I'm sp speaking about. Been linked with PSG, been linked with Chelsea and been linked with United. Apparently, Ole Gullis is on it. And I mean, you know, it could make sense for Ole Gullis Solskjaer. You, you've got a Rashford who's coming into his own. You've got, for me, Mason Greenwood, who's going to be a striker. Could you take Aubameyang for a couple of years? You know, allowing Greenwood to work with these sort and these sort of man to work with Aubameyang in training, picking up tips and whatnot. As he develops, because he's, what, 18 or something? As he develops for the next couple of years, there won't be that pressure or that burden as long as Aubameyang's scoring. Also, again, Aubameyang doesn't want to play on the wings and whatnot. Um, shout out to Aubameyang for keeping himself fit because he's age irrelevant. Aubameyang could play on the left-hand side, allowing Greenman's, Greenwood to play through the middle. So it doesn't he doesn't disrupt anybody. In regards to wages, yes, he it, it would make sense for Aubameyang to go. You look at what Alexis Sanchez has got. There's no reason... For United, it'd be dumb to give you that, but there'll be no reason why you can't command something similar. A big thing as well, with his age, I don't want to jinx it, and I'm touching all wood, so I don't jinx nothing. But because of his age, um, he's, you know, you always wondered if he gets an injury, how's he going to recover? The man is barely ever not fit, so I think that's testament to him. I hope it's, it's was, but, you know, we've Arsenal put themselves in a difficult situation with Aubameyang's future, and we're going to have no choice but to make a decision. Apologies, people, having my green tea. Apparently, Man United have also expressed an interest in athletical attacker Thomas Lemar. Um, apparently, um, his representatives met with Man United last week and negotiations could develop further. While there's obviously a hold on the season due to the corona outbreak, as you lot know, it hasn't worked out for Lemar since he's joined Simeone's side. I mean, it was never he was never really going to thrive in that system. A blind man could tell you that, but it is what it is. Yeah, um, obviously it's a far cry away from when Arsenal allegedly were about to spend 90 million on him after that terrific season at Monaco. 
Now, I never like to hear Arsenal and confident in the same sentence because, I mean, we've been confident about a lot of stuff. But courtesy of Football London, apparently Arsenal Chiefs are confident of securing Bakayo Saka to a new contract. We're yet to make any significant developments in negotiations, but apparently we're committed and there's still optimism about getting him convinced long term. Apparently, they believe there's a desire from Saka to remain at the club that he's been at since the age of eight years of age. So we'll see how that one develops simply people. Moving away from that, as I've previously said, Williams saying when his contract is up with Chelsea, if required, he still will play and honour that. Gabriel is still on Everton's summer transfer list, the Leo defender. Pjanic is being linked with Chelsea and Manchester City as usual. Um... Donnarumma, 21-year-old goalkeeper of AC Milan, apparently is interested in Premier League clubs as well as PSG. Um, so we'll see how that one develops. Apparently, Man United are bringing back former striker Cantona back to the club in an ambassador role, keeping up the theme with strikers. Apparently, they've made an inquiry about Harry Kane. Um, um, allegedly, apparently they fielded an inquiry around him, but he's not made the shortlist for summer targets. Maybe they feel he's not attainable, surely because of prices. Apparently, Arsenal and and Seville are going to do battle for the twenty-five million pound rated Feyenoord midfielder or Kun Kuku, who's a decent player and he's still got youth on his side. He's only nineteen. Apparently, we're prepared to outbid Seville, so we'll see exactly how that one develops people um i saw something in i watched the ian wright and lukaku thing people and i'd implore you all to watch it implore you all to watch it as well but he's revealed more or less um why he left he said speaking on facetime via with with ian wright he said i knew it'd be good one bad year can happen in anyone's career you you know what happened behind the scenes at man united it was just done it was a difficult situation where I had to make a decision to go somewhere. I could work with someone who wanted me. They wanted me to stay, but I said it was all over. I said Man United are going the right way. They are getting the right players, doing a good job, and I wish them nothing but the best. It's a bit childish to disrespect your old club. And that's 100% facts, man. He's handling it with class. So, yeah, man, he, uh, he more or less said all he wanted to keep him, but, you know, he, he wanted to keep make a change he didn't feel comfortable in. He needed to keep it moving. And, I mean, he can still look back with pride. His goal-scoring record at Man United is not terrible. He still played for one of the biggest clubs in the world. And, you know, look, looking back at your career, what can anyone tell you? You played for Chelsea, you played for Inter, you know, you've played in the Premier League, you've played for your country. You know, we can talk about all the criticisms and whatnot, but it is what it is. He also spoke of in relation to Inter versus Juventus in relation to his signature. And he said it was close. Um, more or less the Conte effect. Conte wanted him at Chelsea, but he obviously lost out when he went to United. So when you see that, you're more likely to want to do this thing. Um, finally, people, Cristiano Ronaldo has denied that his hotels are going to be used in relation to the coronavirus you know making it available for the obvious people he said we are a hotel well they said not him his spokesperson we are a hotel we're not going to be a hospital it's a day like everyone else we are and will remain a hotel we are being phoned by the press i wish you a nice day so by the time of that they seem like they're sounding vexed and now it's a saturday and it's ronaldinho's birthday free him he's in paraguay on the wing right now holding it up i'm sure you've all seen the 
you know, him playing football and reports of winning some ham because of winning the tournament. His old teammate, who you heard was allegedly going to pay his lawyer fees, apparently Lionel Messi has denied he will pay 3.25 million to help Ronaldinho get out of prison, according to reports. As you lot know, him and his brother would, um, were arrested after using a fake passport. I do believe that him and his brother had bail hearings and they were denied it. Um, so yeah, Messi ain't finna help my guy. Um, really and truly, he's, he's, he's not trying to help him. Relevant but irrelevant, Spurs' head of academy, John McDermott, is leaving to join the FA. He has been at, at Spurs' head of academy for 15 years and obviously he's overseen the Canes, the Winks, the Skips, etc. If not them directly, coordinated, help coordinated where you scout them, where you source them, how you coach them, make them, you know, what Spurs want them to be in relation with the Spurs DNA and stuff like that, people. Um, so we'll have to see how that one develops. Um Ronald Koeman randomly said, I said no to Barca because my contract didn't allow me to join them. After Euro 2021, it's time to evaluate. I hope one day I'll be able to coach Barcelona. So he very much wants that role, people. Has there ever been a decline as worse as Alexis Sanchez, people? I say that and I say that with joy because the hottest loves have the coldest ends. I remember the f I was at Alexis Sanchez's first game for Arsenal. Was What was it against? Palace first day of the shirt season, sorry. Bought his shirt. One of the first players in a while bought a shirt. There was a different buzz having Alexis in the side. But in the lot, three years ago, you would say he's one of the top five, top ten players in the world. Now he's not. You wouldn't now. And it's an interesting one in relation to, was he always going to fall off like this? Considering he always used to play for both, play every game for any club he played for and always play for his country and then get back with it and still be back for the new season really had to be forced to take breaks more time people um so maybe there's that because of fatigue and always playing and he's been playing what since 17 18 when he made his debut um so it was always gonna happen in theory i don't know um but it's not happened for, not that i care because i'm quite happy he hasn't actually not on a bad mind thing but he's flopped at united he's still getting paid there he's gone to italy and he's flopped He's, um, because of injuries, he's made 15 appearances this season and most have come from the bench. He's 31. So to be honest, the main thing is he's got the bag sorted. I mean, regardless, he's getting paid from United and at his age, you got to think about that. But has anyone fallen from grace so bad, people? Really? And how can someone fall off so bad? It don't make no sense. Moving away from that and finally, though, actually was, it was just for my notes, but I think it's important to mention this. Colo Toure, who recently, happy belated again, Colo, um, he's spoken and I think he's currently trying to get his pro license and, he, you know, he's currently a coach on, on the books of Leicester with Brendan Rodgers. But he said, if someone had told me 15 years ago, Colo, people will sing your name at every ground in the UK. I would have thought they were joking. I would have had, I have never, I have, sorry people, it's, it's copying and pasted weird. I have never had the chance to thank the people who do that. It touches my heart when people embrace you and praise you and even sing your name. It was unbelievable for me and my brother. Colo, Colo, Colo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know how much that goes off in, in Napa and countries there, man. I, I, it's a banger, man. It's a banger, man. Colo, you're right, man. And, it, and it's, it's even when people salute me and ask me to take pictures and, and say people deluded, it's crazy. So I can only imagine as a footballer. And especially someone coming from the most, the humblest of humble beginnings in the Cote d'Ivoire to becoming a household name in English football, more or less, in Yaya's case and Colo's case, and Premier League winners. And in Yaya's case, Champions League. So it's, cra it's crazy. 
Um, he spoke in the relevant relevant bits for me was he spoke about BAME, co BAME coaches, um, yeah, and and the lack of them. And he has said the problem for BAME coaches is there are no iconic BAME coaches to refer to, and it's true. We sit here, I could sit here and I could sp think and speak of many black play. I'm just gonna focus on black many black players who you know I, who were influences on me growing up. But if I say black refs. Black goalkeeping coaches, black physio, black strength and conditioning. You're more scratching your head. And it's all well in games being footballers, but it's also being seen as believable to be in the other positions. Because when I look around at coaching staff and the medical staff, it doesn't reflect the players. The playing staff, you see hella black man or hella multicultural. And I'm not making this a colour thing. It's 100% it, it's, it's true. So At the same time, I've, I always think if you can't see it, try and be the first. But you need heroes or people you can identify with or that you believe is possible. And like I, like, like you know, there's no, there's been great black footballers and many people will, will bring retarded and silly arguments. But why can't there be a black man that wins the Premier League? I genuinely want to see that. I want to see a black Arsene Wenger, black Pep Guardiola and things like that. But we don't see it now. And he has said, yeah, man. Like he said, there's no iconic black managers to refer to, so there's no aspiration from BAME players to try management. And I think there's two rights to that, Colo. On one hand, I can get the lack of motivation, but at the same time, you still got to persevere. He said, the problem for BAME coaches is there are no iconic BAME coaches to refer to, so there's no aspiration for BAME players to try management. Um, Yeah, he said... He said that he said more African nations than there were more African nations than ever at the World Cup, but their managers are French or German. I want to change that, and I do believe there was only one African coach at the last World Cup, despite the fact there was how many African coaches. Um, he said there's no aspiration because there's no African equivalent to Sir Alex Ferguson to aspire future generations, and that's true. And Cole, I challenge you to try and be that guy, man. Um, I challenge everybody really and truly and it's about breaking down barriers in the same way we see the footballers we've got to see the coaches etc and, and the bordering people because how many black there is many black agents but how many iconic like you know minor Renault Mino Renola could you listen could you list people how many iconic refs do you get it? we can barely be captains nowadays out and out captains is crazy but I've got nothing more to add I've enjoyed this podcast it felt like this was forced and there wasn't much to speak about but we've actually been here for quite a while so on that note i'm not going to waste any more of your time people it's always great listening to you lot it's always great speaking to you lot um yeah man check out my youtube content check out the previous episodes i'll be back again yeah man people dg i'm out thank you for listening